the Rambam spells out very clear rules for how you determine whether elements of a mitzvah are considered as one mitzvah or as two separate mitzvahs, which makes us wonder, how come it is that the mitzvah to shecht the Korban Pesach is distinct from the mitzvah to eat the Korban Pesach? And as we explore that, we'll also see a very important distinction between the way that these mitzvahs are determined for the first Pesach as they are determined for Pesach Sheni. And bearing in mind that the concept of every korban is a process of how we come closer to Hashem and has a spiritual lesson for us, korban Pesach has an overarching lesson that refers to the entire experience of being Jewish, which is why this particular korban requires a little bit more of our attention. When we come to the instruction from Hashem to Moshe about the korban Pesach, see if the Pasuk tells us this. On the 10th of the month of Nisan, each family should take a lamb to their home, and as we know, they would tie that lamb to the bed for four days before they would shecht it. Later on, the Pasuk tells us that they would look after this particular sheep till the 14th of Nisan, and then the entire Jewish community would shecht those lambs in the afternoon. In addition to shechting the animal on the day of the 14th, they would eat its flesh that night, going into the 15th. It had to be completely roasted by fire, eaten together with matzah and morrow. When the Rambam lists the mitzvahs in Sefer HaMitzvahs, he assigns two separate mitzvahs to the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. The first mitzvah is to shecht the, the Korban Pesach on the 14th of Nisan in the afternoon. That's based on the part of the Pasuk that tells us that the entire community has to shecht the Korban Pesach in the afternoon. That's mitzvah number one. The second independent mitzvah is that you have to eat the Korban Pesach on the eve of the 15th of Nisan, with all the rules that are expressed in the Torah. And that's based on the Pasuk that says, that you'll eat the flesh of that meat on this night, together with Matzah and and after it has been roasted. Now, various of the commentators ask a question about what the Rambam's done over here. The way that the Rambam split the mitzvah of Korban Pesach into two mitzvahs would appear to contradict one of the general principles of how the Rambam taught us you determine what does or doesn't belong on the list of 613 mitzvahs. What does Rambam tell us in his klolim, in his general rules about how you determine what is a mitzvah? So he says this, any time that our sage is able to determine that within one mitzvah there are different components and if any one of those components is lacking the entire mitzvah is lacking if that's the case then it must be a single mitzvah likewise if the goal that this mitzvah is supposed to achieve cannot be fulfilled with only one of the steps completed, so then, then logically you've got to put the two pieces together in order to count one mitzvah. Now that should apply obviously to the Korban Pesach. What does it help to shecht it if you don't eat it? And obviously you can't eat it without shechting it. 
So seeing as the Rambam tells us very clearly with regards to Korban Pesach, that you cannot fulfill the mitzvah of the Korban Pesach unless you actually eat it. And that's why, for example, he tells us, Let's say that there were a group of people who all, so to speak, put their name on a list to be part of a single Korban Pesach, because that's one of the requirements. In order to eat from the Korban Pesach, you have to be pre-assigned to the Korban Pesach. And then afterwards, And then other people said, okay, we also want to join later on. So the first group of people, because there's enough meat for each of them to have a, a kezayis, and thereby to fulfill the mitzvah of eating the Korban Pesach, they have discharged their obligation. Whereas, Whereas the newcomers who tagged on afterwards, now there's not enough meat for them to have a kezayis each, so they cannot eat the Korban Pesach, they don't eat any of the meat because there's no point in them eating it. And they have to do Pesach Sheni. So that tells you clearly that the Rambam understands, <coughs> as we all do halachically, that if you don't eat the Korban Pesach, there's no value in shechting the Korban Pesach. So therefore, logically, according to the Rambam's own rules, Surely then, shechting the Korban Pesach and eating the Korban Pesach must be one mitzvah, because there's no value in the one without the other. You can't achieve the goal of the mitzvah without shechting it and without eating it. So therefore, we have a question. Why does the Rambam list two separate mitzvahs over here? The mitzvah to shech the Korban Pesach, the mitzvah to eat the Korban Pesach. Now, you might argue that there are certain opinions in the Gemara who say that even if you don't eat the Korm Pesach, you've still fulfilled the mitzvah, at least of shechting the Korm Pesach. Even if you go with those views who say not eating the Korm Pesach doesn't derail having value in shechting and sacrificing the Korm Pesach. We do understand, though, and it's a clear Mishnah, that even if technically you could get away, perhaps, with a scenario where you didn't eat the Korban Pesach, the bottom line is that the goal of shechting the Korban Pesach is to eat it. As the, Pesach says, as the Mishnah says, that the whole goal of why you bring the Korban Pesach in the first place is in order to eat it. That's why, for whatever reason, the community was impure and they brought the Korban Pesach while impure. They eat it while impure. Because the whole reason you were given the instruction to shech the Korban Pesach was in order to eat it. So back to square one. Why does the Rambam not include them both as a single mitzvah, which would be the most logical way to present it? So there's a suggested answer that the Rambam's own son offers. He gives a very logical suggestion. Look, the time where you have to shech the Korban Pesach is on the 14th of Nisan. The time where you have to eat the Korban Pesach is on the 15th of Nisan. Because they're on different times or different dates, that's why they're two separate mitzvahs. You shecht in the day, you eat that night, it's already a new date. And then he makes another important halachic distinction between them. Shechting the Korban Pesach is a positive mitzvah, but if you don't do it, the penalty is kores. 
Whereas eating the Korban Pesach, which is also a positive mitzvah, carries no penalty. So therefore, So let's say a person brought their Korban Pesach on the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan, but didn't eat it that evening. Then he has fulfilled the first mitzvah and therefore is not guilty of the penalty of kores. And practically does not have to bring a korban pesach sheni. So that tells you, says the, the Rambam's son, Rabbi Avram, that there's, there's clearly a difference. There's a difference in time and there's a difference in the weighting of these two mitzvahs. That's why perhaps they're two separate mitzvahs. But it's not absolutely clear to go with it. It's not absolutely clear. Because the fear of Avram ben Arambam Avur, Ve'iker. So let's say we go with Rabbi Avram ben Arambam's opinion. So that explains for us, It tells us that in practical terms, not eating the Korban Pesach does not totally cancel the value of having shechted it. But you still cannot escape the point that eating the carbon Pesach is the goal. Which is why you have to be in a state which will allow you to eat the carbon Pesach at the time you shecht it. So if the goal is to eat the carbon Pesach, Whichever way you look at it, they should have been counted as one mitzvah. The Rambam says, if there's a goal, and in order to achieve that goal, you require two steps, both steps belong to one mitzvah. Why not here? Let's look at the Rambam's own words when he talks about how you determine the sources or the, the, the categories of mitzvahs. He says that even if you have details to a mitzvah where the one does not necessarily interfere with the other, still, it might still be a single mitzvah if there's one single goal or theme, which is exactly what we have here. One single goal or theme, namely to eat a korban pesach. Now, and if you're going to say yes, but they're two separate mitzvahs, how do I know? Because each one has its own time frame. Even that tone, Biur, that also needs an explanation. There are a whole lot of mitzvahs where the mitzvah is achieved at two different times. And they're still considered a, a, a single mitzvah. The Rambam still counts them as one. Like Shema. There's one mitzvah to say Shema, even though you're required to say it in the daytime and at nighttime. The same thing, the Korban Tamid. It's a single mitzvah to bring a Korban Tamid, despite the fact that you bring it in the morning and you have to bring it in the afternoon. The same thing would apply to the Keturis. So different time zones is not actually a good enough reason to say that it should be two separate mitzvahs. So why is it that the Rambam counts these as two separate mitzvahs. Now, in order to address this, what we're going to ask ourselves is a different question. Why is the bringing of a korban called korban Pesach not part of the broader concept of the positive mitzvah to bring korbanos? We'll answer this based on an additional question which we have to address. When you have a look at what the Torah tells us about the Korban Chattas, it says that the Chattas has to be shechted in the same place as the Korban Oilo. And then it says the Koyin who prepares the Korban Chattas is the Koyin who eats from the Korban Chattas. So that's pretty clear. 
that here the Torah is telling us independently of all other korbanos that in korban chattas, the koyan eats from the korban chattas. Now look how the Rambam addresses it. The Rambam does not consider the mitzvah of a koyen eating the korban chattas as an independent mitzvah. The Rambam includes it in an overarching mitzvah that applies to all kinds of korbanos that the appropriate people eat the korbanos. <coughs> that Hashem instructed the Kohanim to eat from the Korbanos, and the Rambam says, that means, those which are the holiest kinds of Korbanos, and those that are the lesser kinds of Korbanos, to eat them is part of the Mitzvah. But you see that the Rambam puts a whole lot of Korbanos all in a single category of the Mitzvah of eating Korbanos, despite the fact that the Torah seemed to highlight Korban Chattas independently. That doesn't seem to make sense. If the Rambam is willing to do that, to take the eating of all korbanos and put them all together in a single mitzvah, why doesn't he do the same for korban Pesach? If we have a general mitzvah, which is that the appropriate people eat from a korban, no matter which korban it is, korban Pesach belongs in that category. Why does the Rambam separate it? Korban Pesach is a korban. It belongs in the category of eating from korbanos. So we'll actually see that the Rambam's words about how he tells us about the korban Pesach address this question. The explanation is, The Rambam addresses this in the specific language that he uses, because what does he tell us? That Hashem instructed us to eat the meat of the Korban Pesach when on the eve of the 15th of Nisan, with appropriate, unique laws or conditions that are appropriate for the Korban Pesach. What are those laws? It has to be roasted. That it all has to be eaten in a single place. It has to be accompanied by matzah As the Pasuk says, As the Pasuk tells us, you should eat it roasted together with matzah moram. In other words, what's the Rambam telling us over here? The fact that the Torah included very specific conditions that apply uniquely only to the Korban Pesach. Not like the Korban Chattas, for example, which it says, open, let the Koyan eat it. It doesn't tell us how he should eat it, where he should eat it, with what he should eat it. Likewise with any other Korban. The fact that the Torah got into that level of detail the Torah immediately distinguished carbon Pesach to be a unique mitzvah of how you eat this carbon, which is not the same as eating any other carbon. Once we know that carbon Pesach has been made distinct, that will also impact the halachas regarding how you shecht the carbon Pesach. Let's say that in slightly different words, which will fit better with the Rambam's son. Given 
Because the Torah makes a point of telling us that the shechting of the Korban Pesach is linked to a very specific time when you have to shecht it. And eating the Korban Pesach is associated with a different specific time, that is, specifically for eating the Korban Pesach. And we know that when it comes to eating, not only the time, but various other details are all locked in together. Move on. The Torah is making something clear to us. That the fact that you shech the Korban Pesach on the 14th of Nisan and eat it on the 15th is something different to the automatic, ordinary laws of eating Korbanois. But rather something which is unique and specific to the nature of this mitzvah, this Korban, which we are going to see is different to every other Korban. How is it different? Just as the Torah is absolutely clear that when it comes to shechting the Korban Pesach, it has to be in a very specific time, 14th of Nisan, and specifically in the afternoon. Likewise, when it comes to eating the Korban Pesach, what is the instruction? Which will express what this Korban is all about. That it has to be eaten again at a specific time, the eve of the 15th of Nisan, and ideally before midnight. And there are other rules that apply to it. The fact that the Torah has created that time frame for shechting, that time frame for eating, and the time frame for eating is associated with other rules that don't impact the shechita, that tells us that there are two separate mitzvahs. Now, we know that in addition to the regular Korban Pesach, there's the possibility of a Pesach Sheni a month later. And the, the Rambam is pretty clear that Pesach Sheni is a distinct Yom Tov of its own, stands on its own two feet. You'll see that the Rambam does the same thing. Just as in the original Korban Pesach, he distinguishes between the mitzvah to shechte and the mitzvah to eat it. Pesach Sheni, he also says there would be a mitzvah to shechte the Korban Pesach and a separate mitzvah to eat it. It would be for the same reasons. Seeing as when it comes to the Pesach Sheni, again the Torah gives us those unique elements. It has to be together with Matzah Mora. And that is the unique instruction that is associated with eating the Korban Pesach, which makes it distinct from shechting the Korban Pesach, so we understand why the Shechita and the eating are also two mitzvahs. But then we have another question. Why don't we say there's a single mitzvah, which is to eat the Korban Pesach? If it's at the correct time, it will be on the 15th of Nisan. And if for whatever reason you couldn't do that, the same mitzvah will apply on the 15th of Iyar. Why not? Now you're going to say, well, obviously, because it's two different dates, what's the difference? Like we said before, Shmai is in the morning and in the evening. They're not necessarily the same time frame, the same with the Korban Tamid and the Keturahs. 
As long as they have the same theme, they should be one mitzvah. mitzvah And here it is the same theme to eat the carbon Pesach. And the mitzvah is the same, to eat the carbon Pesach accompanied by matzah and moror in the evening that follows the time that you had to shecht it. Once that's the definition of the mitzvah, naturally there are two possible times when that could be. Because if you're, if you're in a position to bring the Korban Pesach at the right time on the 14th, then you'll eat it. On the 15th, the eve of the 15th. And if you were unable to bring the Korban the right time, and now you have to bring Korban Pesach Sheni on the 14th of the year, then naturally the correct time to eat it would be that evening, which is the 15th of year. So why not just say there's a single mitzvah to eat the Korban Pesach at the appropriate time? Why is there a mitzvah to eat at the Pesach Rishon and a separate mitzvah to eat at Pesach Sheni? The explanation behind this is absolutely fascinating because when you think about it, there's a very significant distinction between your experience on Pesach Rishon versus your experience on Pesach Sheni. As we already said, shechting the Korban Pesach belongs to its appropriate time. Eating the Korban Pesach belongs to a separate appropriate time. And that's what switches them into two separate mitzvahs. However, the link between the time of Shechita of the Korban Pesach and the link between the eating of the Korban Pesach is very different. Think of it this way. What makes you Dalad Nisan special? Because it's when you shech the Korban Pesach. Outside of that, there's nothing special about the 14th of Nisan. It is special because it's the time of the Korban Pesach. But what is special about the eve of the 15th of Nisan? It's a yomtev, even before you sit down to have the Korban Pesach. In other words, it is fundamentally a special day. Why is it a special day? Because that's when we left Mitzrayim. As we know, happened the first time around. That's the night where Hashem swept through Mitzrayim, killing all the firstborns and sparing us. And it's a night that Hashem has kept through the generations, and it's a night of special protection, etc. As the Pasuk tells us clearly, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim by night. That's why this is the time to eat the Korban Pesach, which technically is actually why the 14th of Nisan was the time to shech the Korban Pesach. Very different. The 14th of Nisan has no intrinsic value. It's valuable because it's the time of Shechitas Korban Pesach. 15th of Nisan, of Nisan has a very intrinsic value. Namely, it's the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Now that doesn't apply to Pesach Sheni. The fact that you eat the Korban Pesach on the eve of 15th of year is not because there's something intrinsically holy and special about the 15th of year. Because it's a Yom Tov or it's tethered to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Why you eat the Korban Pesach on the 15th of year? Because you have to always eat the Korban Pesach on the night that follows when you shechted the Korban. And because the Torah allows you now to shech the Korban on the 14th of year, so that night is the time to eat it. 
So that eating of the carbon Pesach is not part of the mitzvah of eating the carbon Pesach on the first Pesach. Because when you eat the carbon Pesach at the appropriate time, the timing is fundamentally part of the mitzvah itself. Whereas during Pesach Sheni, the timing is of absolutely zero relevance. It just so happens that the Torah told us to shech the carbon Pesach Sheni on the 14th of year. So now that we have seen this very important distinction that eating the carbon Pesach on the night of Pesach is directly associated with the significance of the time, and that doesn't apply to Pesach Sheni, that will also help us to understand why the Rambam splits the mitzvah of Shechitas carbon Pesach and the mitzvah of eating the carbon Pesach into two mitzvahs. But in order to do so, we're also going to look at the, the, the difference between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni with regards to saying Hallel. We're going to look at Halal on the first night of Pesach and how that compares to Pesach Sheni. Mishnah tells us one of the differences, says the Mishnah, between the first and second Pesach is that Pesach Rishon, you sing Halal while you're eating the carbon Pesach, which you do not do at Pesach Sheni. But but both Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, you do sing Hallel at the time that you're preparing or sacrificing the Korban Pesach. Now when the Halacha tells us that you're supposed to say Hallel at the time that you eat the Korban Pesach on Pesach Rishon, the Gemara says this, How do I know that? There's a passage in Yeshai that tells us that the song should be for you like the night of the sanctifying of the Yom Tov, which is Laila says Rabbi Yechanan, Laila Mekudosh Lechag Ton Halel. A night that has been sanctified as a Yom Tov requires Halel. That's Pesach Rishon. Laila She'en Mekudosh Lechag Ein Ton Halel. And as we've already identified, a night that is not already a Yom Tov does not require halal. Then later on, when the Gemara says, but both of them require halal at the time that you're preparing the Korban Pesach, says the Gemara, my timer, what's the reason they both require halal? One possibility is because the Torah is very clear that that distinction applies only to the nighttime, not to the daytime. Or another expression is, is it possible that the Yidin should be engaged with the carbon Pesach or similarly engaged with shaking Lulav and not say Halal? Now, let's analyze the language that the Gemara uses over here because there are a couple of things that pop out as very intriguing. The first of all, the fact that the Gemara asks the question, why? Why do you have to say Hallel at the time of Shechitas HaPesach, both at Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni? And it doesn't use the same expression that it used earlier, which is, how do I know? It kind of accepts that we know. So 
Likewise, when the, the Gemara makes a clear statement, well, the Torah excluded the night that you don't always say halal at night, depends if it's a Yom Tov or not, whereas it did not exclude the daytime. Muchach, both of those indicators, that the, the goal of this particular argument and conversation is to clarify, it's not to explain to us fundamentally that they need halal, Really, what the Gemara wants to understand is why on Pesach Sheni do we make the distinction between bringing the Korban Pesach where you do have to say Halel and eating the Korban Pesach where you don't say Halel. So now, if that's what the Gemara wants to understand, let's ask about the Gemara. Number one. How come the Gemara didn't begin to ask the question, how do you know that you have to say hello when you shech the carbon Pesach Sheni as you do when you shech the carbon Pesach Rishon? As the Gemara asked about eating. Second of all, if it's true that all the Gemara is concerned about is why is there a difference between shechting the Korban Pesach Sheni and eating it, that the Shechita requires Halal and the eating doesn't, then what's the second answer? Is it then possible that the Yidin should bring a Korban Pesach and not say Halal? How does that even address the question? Why would that be a question more about shechting the carbon than about eating from the carbon? Because you could say the same argument with regards to eating. Is it possible then that the Jews should eat their carbon Pesach and not say halal? So we're missing something over here. The Pasuk that tells us that the song should be at the time that the evening of the of the of the holiday, so to speak, begins. So the first thing we notice from that is, well, obviously then if it's a night that is not dedicated as a festival, there's no halal, that's not the only thing that we learn. Actually, this Pasuk is telling us the core idea of saying Halal at the time that you eat the Korban Pesach. The reason you're saying Halal is not because you're eating a Korban Pesach. The reason you're saying Halal is because this is the beginning of a Yom Tov. Because this is the evening of the Exodus, that's why you say halal. So you can see the theme now carrying right through what is unique about the night of Tezvav Nisan, that it has an intrinsic value as the time of Yitzias Mitzrayim. Kloimar, in other words. The practical reality is that the first time they ever ate a Korban Pesach was directly linked to Yitzias Mitzrayim. Which is why every subsequent year this is the time to eat the Korban Pesach to remind us of the original one. So there you have it. We get that this is a time that is associated clearly 
with the timing of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, and therefore the mitzvah linked to that timing, the Korban Pesach. And so when you eat the Korban Pesach, at that time you say hello, which, chorus, which celebrates the Yetzirah Mitzrayim. Now you can extrapolate Pesach Sheni. Seeing as it's not a Yom because the night of the 15th of year has no special nisim associated with it historically. So it's not carrying the theme of Chag, a festival of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So there's no reason why you would say Halal while eating the current Pesach at that time because there's nothing to link the Halal to. Because eating a Korban Pesach is not enough reason to sing Hallel. Why do you sing Hallel? Because it's a day of miracles. Well, this day is not a day of miracles. So now, following that, the Gemara continues with another question. Okay, so now we get it. We understand, says the Gemara, why it is that eating a carbon Pesach on Pesach Sheni does not require halal. We get it because it's not a day of Yom Tov. But now you tell me that while preparing that carbon Pesach for Pesach Sheni, you do say halal. My timer. Why, in fact? What's the difference between Shechitas HaPesach, which requires Halal, and eating the Pesach, which doesn't? Why is eating and Shechting not the same concept, the same Malochas? So in other words, Shailas HaGemorah Eino, Ma Hatam Shechita Bichlal Tuna Halal. The Gemara here is not asking why would Shechting a current Pesach require Halal? This would not be the correct place to ask that question. There's an earlier Mishnah that spoke about the idea of saying halal at the time you shecht the Korban Pesach. If this was the question, why should you say halal at the time of shechting a Korban Pesach, we would have addressed it earlier. So what are we concerned about in this Mishnah? The focus of this Mishnah is the distinctions between the original Pesach and the Pesach Sheni. So if we're talking about their differences, we're also going to talk about their similarities, which are one of their similarities is that in both cases you say halal when you shech the current Pesach. For which reason the Gemara asks, and why? To which the Gemara responds, look, because the parameters of the mitzvah to say halal when you shech the carbon Pesach are completely different to the parameters of saying halal at the time that you eat the carbon Pesach. So, who the first reason there's a distinction is because because the Pasuk is very clear that the nights are distinct. This one is a Yom Tov, that one is not. And the Pasuk does not make such a distinction about the days of preparing the carbon. In other words, the Pasuk is making it clear that why would you say Halal at night? Must be because of the value of that night, a time of miracles, which doesn't apply to Pesach Sheni. Whereas saying halal during the day at the time you shech the Korban Pesach is not because of the time. And that's why there's no reason to say Pesach Sheni, the daytime of shechting the animal, is excluded because it had nothing to do with the time. 
So what did it have to do with? What effectively the mission has done in the first instance is shown us the distinction between the requirement to say halal during the day when you shech the korban versus the requirement to t- say halal at night when you eat the korban. How does it tell us the difference? Because it says the night is because of the date and the significance and content of the date, the time of Yitzias Mitzrayim. So now we can we can work out from that that the reason you would say halal during the day while shechting the korban pesach is not because it's a day, <coughs> a day of yom tov. <coughs> So if it's not because of the time, then there really is no fundamental difference between the Erev Pesach Rishon and Erev Pesach Sheni, because it's not about the time. So you should say Halal. If you're saying Halal because of the shechting of the Korban, it should make no difference which day it is. Whereas the second answer, which was is it possible that the Jews should be shechting the Korban Pesach and not saying Halal? That takes a different perspective. So far, we've only said why there's no reason to exclude saying it during the day. Now we're looking for a reason why it makes sense to say Halal during the day. Why does it make sense to say to say Halal? During the day on Yudalad Nisan and during the day of Yudalad Ir, because he's shechting a Korban Pesach. Like the Gemara says, it's a, it's a rhetorical question. Is it then possible that they should shech the Korban Pesach and not say Halal? And if it's clear that at the time you shech the Korban Pesach, it is logical to say Halal, then it would not make a difference if it's the first or the second Pesach, the same logic prevails. Whereas, according to the second answer, when you're looking whether or not you should say halal at the time you eat the Korban Pesach, we've already dis- determined that eating the Korban Pesach is not a reason to say halal. Shechitas Korban Pesach is a reason to say halal. Eating is not a reason to say halal. Why would you say halal at night? Because the date requires it. And therefore, whichever angle you look at it from, there is no logical reason why you should have to say halal at Pesach Sheni while eating the Korban Pesach. Okay, so what's the difference between the two answers that the Gemara offered? One, because the, ter- the Torah is excluding the day, and the other because, is it possible that when you shecht, you won't say halal? So the distinction between these two approaches is, if I go with the first answer, when I go with the first answer, which is distinguishing between night and day, then saying halal at the time of shechitas korban Pesach is linked to the time. Im yoim, right? The fact that it's the daytime, I should be saying halal, because the Torah only excluded leil iskadesh chag. Aderach achilase, ela shabachilase asman gufo husibe v'ilu b'shchitas mitzvah shchita oises asman. So at night, the eating does not give the time enough of a holiness or enough of a, a value that you should say halal. The time is valuable on Pesach Rishon and not so on Pesach Sheni. During the day, the fact that this is when you shech the Korban Pesach, the Shechitas Korban Pesach is such a big deal, it gives the time the value that now it deserves halal. 
The fact that today is a day that we shech the carbon Pesach turns it into a day that it deserves to have Halil. That's according to the first explanation. Whereas according to the second answer, it's got nothing to do with time. Shechitas carbon Pesach is a reason for Halil. Uh, is it possible to, to shech the Quran Pesach and not say halal? So therefore we don't look at the time when you shech the animal. We look at the fact that you're shechting the animal. If you're not shechting the animal, there's no reason to say halal unless, of course, there's a yomtiv. Whichever way you look at it, both answers supply us with this. One thing is clear. Pesach Rishon, you have Hallel. Why? Not because the day is a day of Hallel. The Shechita turns it into a day to say Hallel. You could say exactly the same at the second Pesach. The fact that it's a day on your Daladir, that you're shechting the Korban Pesach, that's why you have to say hello. So effectively what we've done over here is something really important. We've illustrated that when it comes to the mitzvah of Shechitas Korban Pesach, that informs the reality of the day, and that is the same on Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. When it comes to eating the Korban Pesach, that does not inform the reality of the day. To the contrary, that is because of the reality of the day. So on the first Pesach, the reality of the day is a time of Yom Tov, and that turns that eating of the Korban Pesach into something unique, as opposed to Pesach Sheni, which is, in a sense, uh, technical because you shechted the Korban Pesach that day and now you're required to eat it but there's nothing intrinsic to the date. All of this has a very deep spiritual lesson for us. Because the Yitzhak Mitzrayim is one of the most fundamental moments in Jewish history and one of the most defining elements of being Jewish. That is like the Navi Yecheskel tells us the time of the birth of the Jewish people. It's the time we switched from being enslaved to Paroi to becoming dedicated servants of Hashem. As the Pasuk says, that Hashem says, they are now my servants because I took them out of Mitzrayim. So Pesach and Yetzias Mitzrayim is core to the whole of Judaism. So if the Korban Pesach was the precursor, the preparation for Yetzias Mitzrayim, in other words, if that's what primed us to become Hashem's dedicated servants, then then the details around Korban Pesach are not just simply details. Every one of those so-called details is a fundamental part of what it takes to become a servant of Hashem. That's why it's so unique that when it comes to Korban Pesach, the Torah gives us so much detail. How you prepare it. How you eat it. Which you don't find by the Korbanus. Because the Torah is illustrating to us that every one of those details is absolutely critical to what it is to be a, a Jewish person. So once we appreciate that we're dealing with something which is so fundamental to our spiritual growth as Jewish people, you can then, based on that, also appreciate at a deeper level why the sacrificing 
and the eating of the carbon are actually two mitzvahs. Because each one of those are core fundamental steps to the spiritual process of excellence. In fact, it, it, this also solves for us a very intriguing thing. Why is this the one time where people who were impure complained that they had been left out? They knew that the principle is when the time has passed, you have lost the opportunity to bring that carbon. So why did it bother them so much? And it shouldn't come Pesach shiny because they realized the carbon Pesach is unique. Let's say a person was supposed to bring a very specific carbon and they couldn't. You lost an opportunity for a very specific spiritual concept. The carbon Pesach is much more than that. That is the whole turnaround from being enslaved to Paroi to being free so that you could be a dedicated servant to Hashem. No Jew is willing to relinquish that opportunity. That's why they wanted it and that's why they were given the opportunity to catch up. Vyesar al not only were they given an opportunity to catch up, but in if you think about it, the Korban Pesach is such a fundamental thing that we come up with a with a solution for individuals. Like we know, the Gemara tells us that if the entire community was impure, they would all bring the Korban Pesach in impurity. And if for whatever reason they couldn't bring it at that time, but it's a group of people, large group of people, the majority, whatever, they don't get the opportunity of Pesach Sheni. It's specifically for individuals. So let's say the whole community was impure, they don't need the Pesach Sheni. Because in spite of their impurity, they could bring the Korban Pesach first time around. So therefore, to ensure that even one Jewish individual does not miss this opportunity of everything that the Korban Pesach represents, in order that one Jewish person could become Hashem's dedicated servant, for that we are given something that does not exist anywhere else in Judaism, a second version of the Yontav, a second opportunity to do all of those things. And of course, for the individual to bring their Korban Pesach, that one person, you had to bring in a whole team. The Kohanim had to do their part, the Levim had to do their part, etc. For one person. Which of course teaches us the well-known principle that nothing is lost, you can always catch up. You can always fix what you've done wrong. But that's the purpose and the point of understanding what the Korban Pesach is all about. It is about this fundamental part of being Jewish, to prepare myself to leave the shackles of Paroi and to become a dedicated servant of Hashem. With that we can now explain on a deeper level. Now, once we understand that Pesach Sheni is this incredible opportunity to catch up such a fundamental part of one's spiritual growth that you missed on Pesach Rishon, we now get it. You can catch up the Shechita, you can catch up the eating, you cannot catch up the Halal. 
Because whatever the Shechitas Korban Pesach and eating the Korban Pesach represents, those are fundamental parts of one's growth to become a servant of Hashem. Whereas saying halal is not a fundamental part of one's growth and progress. Why not? The explanation is this. In order to prepare yourself to become a dedicated servant of Hashem, two things are required. First thing that's required is shchita, which means they took lambs, which were deities in Egypt, and they killed them. That implies that you are rejecting and discarding the Avoidazar that was prevalent in Mitzrayim. As soon as you discard that, you no longer are a slave to paroi. And the only way to do that took tremendous dedication to the point of sacrifice. Think about it. To take the Egyptian deity and tie it to your bed with a public announcement that you intend to shecht it, put your life at risk. Step one to becoming a servant of Hashem sacrifice to reject the overarching idolatry of the world that you live in. Then, then you have to eat the Korban Pesach. That means that absolute sacrifice to be Hashem's servant has to become part of you, not a once-off experience. It becomes part of your reality. That your entire being should be informed by and filled with that kind of dedication to Hashem. To the point that even your ordinary activities like eating should be with that focus of absolute dedication to Hashem. So now that we've defined that Shechitas Korban Pesach and eating the Korban Pesach are such fundamental, broad topics within Judaism, you have to have the opportunity to catch that up if you missed it. But saying Hallel at the time that you eat the Korban Pesach, we've already determined that the Hallel is not core to the mitzvah of eating Korban Pesach. And in Kedusha Social Yom Yutezvav Nisan, it's part of the fact that it's a special day. It's Tezvav Nisan, it's a day of miracles. Which impacts the eating of the Korban Pesach to now be accompanied by Hallel. That's not a fundamental part of how you become Hashem's servant. So if you miss it, you miss it. Whereas on the other hand, but when you say Hallel together with the Shechita of the Korban Pesach, that we said is not because of the date, that's because of the action that you're doing. It's part of how you do the Shechita. And therefore, it's a fundamental part of one's service of Hashem that even in the moment of of Messias Nefesh, you have to have Hallel and Simcha. That applies at all times, and you have to be able to catch it up as well.